Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's not really how I'm going to be starting my podcast. But if you're if you're a podcast listener, and if well, if you're listening to this one, I'm hoping you're a podcast listener. But if you listen to other podcasts, you know after mine, and if you're not familiar, armchair experts from Dak Shepard. Um, and 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 Mighty Mouse are is a great podcast to listen to. That's how they start every episode. And um, sometimes I find myself just sitting sitting on the couch on my phone or at work, and I just welcome welcome because I don't I don't think my voice can get that deep. So I like to pretend that it does. And I think in my headphones right now it sounds like it does. So. Anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed that ramble. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast, Not Armchair Experts. This week, I have a couple things that I'm going to talk about. The first one is one of my favorite state parks that is not really anywhere near me. It's about three hours away from me, but you may have heard of it. It's pretty popular in the fall, but it's Lost Maples State Park. I'm just going to go over kind of what I like about it and the trail, well, and the hike that we did that day uh, on the specific pattern of trails. And then the second segment, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite outdoor subscription boxes. So stay tuned for that to see what you can expect in their product assortment. I think it's, it's really exciting. I think subscription boxes have really taken off. I think mail in general is taken off just with a lot of people staying home and the the store I know REI is still curbside only so sometimes it's just easier to get some of this amazing outdoor gear mailed to you so I'm going to tell you about my favorite one and some of the things that you can expect so stay tuned welcome to the Texas Trailhead podcast join me Danny Laurel as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. Los Maples State Natural Area was one probably top three of one of the prettiest parks that we've been to so far. And I'd say one of the more scenic drives getting there as well. It takes you into, I guess, the what some would say the heart of the Texas Hill Country and will amaze with rolling hills, lush landscapes, and plenty, plenty more. I always thought where I lived in central Texas was kind of the gateway to the hill country. But the first time I realized that I was a little bit still outside was driving through Kerrville kind of on the way to West Texas. And I was like, Ooh, dang, it is hilly out here. And then going out to Los Maples, it was kind of the same thing because you drive out in that direction and you really start to see what hill country really, really means and not just kind of where I am towards the Wimberley area as far as the hills go. So yeah, it it is a really 
really pretty place to hike at and also a really place to drive at. Uh, Lost Maple State Natural Area is west of San Antonio and was almost three hours from my house. We got up pretty early because our reservation window, then this was when I went, this was actually before reservations were were mandatory. It was just something we did because Lost Maples, even in the off season, still gets pretty busy uh, on the weekends, and that's when we were going. So our reservation window was from when they opened the gates through noon. So we left kind of early. The drive, though, through San Antonio is something I've done numerous times, at least going through the city. And some of it was familiar because of my trip to Government Canyon, which I'll talk to really soon, I hope. Um, But as we kept going, the hills got higher and the roads started to wind a little bit more. So we knew we were definitely going somewhere special. Once the roads anywhere in Texas start getting curvy, you know you're at a good spot. But right off the bat, I want to give you a heads up. There is absolutely zero cell service at this natural area. Enchanted Rock has very little, but this place has zero. Capital letters, zero. And my daughter uses, um, I won't give them any free press, but it rhymes with Shmi Shmobile. And she has a little bit, she had a little bit outside of the park, but for all that's holy, print out a map for your way home if you don't have really good sat navigation in your car. I didn't need, I didn't heed the warning um, and took a wrong turn heading home, which took us to some amazing winding roads, but unfortunately 30 minutes out of the way. And even with the satellite map in my car, for whatever reason, it didn't send us the right way. It just didn't get a good enough signal. So it never hurts to be overprepared, right? So save a map, screenshot it, kind of just knowing your home path, because that wasn't something that I was considering was fine at the park. No big deal. But getting out of there, I would not know. I wouldn't remember perfectly how how to go home. So... In terms of hiking, when we arrived to the headquarters, the lady that checked us in was super friendly. She was awesome. And she noticed that we were there with our daughter. So her recommendation, she said it was a bit taxing, but nothing we all couldn't handle. She she knew what we were all capable of. And it also gave us some of the spectacular views of this place. So a quick pro tip, when you go park by the birding area, If you park where the trailhead is, you'll actually have to walk longer at the end of your hike than you will at the beginning. So just something to keep in mind. It was something that she suggested. There are five main trails here at Lost Maples. You have the Maple Trail, you have the East-West Trail, and then you have the East Trail, the West Trail, and then the West Loop Trail. For our day hike, we did a counterclockwise loop that consisted of most of the trails available. And the counterclockwise loop was recommended uh, to us uh, at the beginning as well, just because of, well, I'll get into that in a second. So starting at the Maple Trail, it runs parallel to the beginning of the East Trail, But the difference with the Maple Trail, or like why you would want to do the Maple Trail, is it offers a bit more of a scenic view that is more spectacular in the fall, of course, when the leaves are just changing. And that's 
one of the big draws there in the fall. But I mean, it's still really lush any other time of year. And then from there, we got back on the East Trail, and that took us to our first point of interest. And you may have heard about this place if you've been there. Well, obviously, if you've been there, but if not, the first point of interest that you'll see going this counterclockwise way is Monkey Rock. And so Monkey Rock is a limestone formation that, well, it looks like a monkey face. There's no other way to explain it, really. It extends out of the wall and greets you with a fun little monkey face smile. So take note of the plants growing from the wall behind it and look at the water seeping through the rock. Plenty of room for others to enjoy because of this place. It's sure to get crowded in the warmer months. So, uh, I mean, I can. Uh, when we were there, there was a family in front of us taking a bunch of silly pictures. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't super wide open. You're you're kind of against this wall, and a little bit of a creek bed. So, there's room to spread out, and hopefully, everyone can. Uh, take their turns taking pictures and stuff, but there's nothing that's like barricading you in any of the sections there. Hike through the first primitive campsite and stay left. You'll see a small rock boundary that will give you a nudge. And this is your first restroom break too, if you need to use the restroom. And from here, you'll head towards the next point of interest. And one, the park ranger said that most people miss, and that's the grotto. So when you go up through the primitive campsite, it does kind of open up a little bit, but you'll notice that it curves you in the left direction. And just look for it on the ground. And the restroom isn't like a porta potty or anything. It's just kind of like an outhouse um, pit type restroom. But it's it's a good good opportunity to kind of eat a snack. Um, you'll start to notice the elevation changes pretty quickly from this point on. But you notice it more after the grotto. The ranger basically explained the grotto as a former cave that was now opened up. So, I mean, I was intrigued from the very beginning. There is a little bit of an exhibit at the visitor center, so you can... I mean, you're not going to spoil it at all. It's it's still pretty neat to see it in person. The geological wonder has rock formation that looks like bubbles and stalactites. And when we went, it was back in January, but she mentioned that even in the warmer months, this section does still feel a little bit cooler just because of the way it's pretty much carved out of the earth. Stand here and close your eyes and listen to the water dripping down to the water below. Then notice the maidenhair ferns growing and the various colors on the wall. On our last visit, someone had scraped their name into the wall for everyone to admire. Um, That's sarcasm. It was kind of annoying. When the ranger was explaining the route, she mentioned that the grotto can be easily missed. And looking back at that hike, I can see what she meant by walking right by it. In this direction, it's to your right, but it's behind a curve on the trail lower, kind of from where you're standing, and it's behind some trees. So you'll see a bench, so be on the lookout for that. And while we were down there checking it out, we did notice that there were some hikers that kind of walked by and weren't really sure what we were doing down from the pathway. So they missed out, and we got to see a cool geological wonder. So 
you know, I, and I'm kind of teasing. So they might have been there before and had already seen it. And they were just there to hike. But um, it did kind of seem like they were just flying by it. So, uh, But at this point, this is where this park starts to get really, really fun. Um, right after the grotto, there's a point of, right after this point of interest, there's a sign that starts to warn hikers about what's about to follow. It's a sign that just gives a warning of steep terrain and a rock ladder of sorts welcoming you to the next 300 feet of elevation. So if you haven't already, take a break at this point, eat some snacks. Well, don't take a break from this podcast. Literally take a break when you're there at the, <laughs> at the, uh, on the trail. I don't know if I needed to clarify that. I don't want people to pull over and grab out their, their beaver nuggets from Bucky's, but do your stretches at this point and get ready for, um, pretty gnarly elevation. And if you brought your trekking poles, which I always recommend that you have, this is a good time to bust those bad boys out. It's almost a mile uphill as you ascent to your first scenic overlook. You'll hit a midway point with a bench to rest and check out the amazing views, but this is really just a glimpse. Just beyond the rest area, you'll come to a sign ahead that will signal you to go left for the actual scenic overlook. And this caught me off guard too, because I was like, ooh, bench, we're there. And then you realize you are not there and you need to keep going. And just the just to the right of that sign for the actual scenic overlook, you'll see the path to keep going. So this section offers some spectacular views of the hill country. As you walk, you're greeted with various openings to look down at the Sabinal River down below. And then you'll see the hikers below and realize that's where you just came. So that was pretty neat to kind of show my daughter like, hey, that's where we, that was us. That was us right now. So that helped motivate her because she was starting to feel a little bit worn out. It is pretty remarkable to suddenly notice how high you just hiked, but don't forget to stop and take it all in. There are plenty, plenty of overlooks here to pause and view the majestic landscape. There's definitely a lot of spots to sit down. When we were there, we saw a lot of people. That was where they decided to have their snack. And you just kind of look over the landscape. It's really, really pretty. But, you know, as the saying goes, what goes up, you'll need to hike back down eventually. So be prepared for that. And the reason why she had us do the counterclockwise way was that it makes the going down part a little less strenuous. So y'all can thank me later. It's it just the way you go up and down, the way the rocks are, we're, we're just a little bit better going the counterclockwise way. At the end of the descent, you're greeted by a lovely walk through the trees, and eventually you'll come to a swimming hole with another restroom and places to sit by the water. The swimming hole, I, I'm pretty sure, is used a lot more in the summer. It looked a little dingy when there we were there in the winter, but don't 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 worry about that. Don't fret so much about that, because like I said, we were there in January, but it's a pretty pretty hopping hopping spot, and the water flows through the park, so you can see it at a lot of different places. Not not just obviously this particular spot, but there's definitely sections that we were hiking on where you kind of had to hop over some of the little side creeks. So 
there is definitely some water to admire as well. This hike, the counterclockwise hike, was almost six miles, and the hardest part was definitely the climb up, but there are plenty of places to rest along the trail and take in some of the views. The remaining points of interest are both springs that are located on the far western part of the park, and unfortunately not where we had gone. So I definitely recommend that if you've already done this portion that I just spoke about to go explore and check out the other trails. My goal is to at least go to the parks that I've been to numerous times and do every trail um, just so I can explore it all and see maybe some trails are kind of more interesting than others. So, All right, so in terms of camping, because Lost Maples is a natural area, natural area, do you like that twang that just came out? Because Lost Maples is a natural area and not a state park, the camping accommodations are limited. Just after the entrance, there is a 30-spot camping area with water and electric, but most of the visitors here were RV campers. Every other option here are primitive campsites that are sprinkled throughout the park, and they're all a good distance from the two main parking areas, so keep that in mind, too. They are walk-in primitive campsites, so... This is definitely more of a backpacking feel if that's what you're looking um, if if you're wanting to get your feet wet and and practice some of your backpacking skills. If you go to my website, thetexastrailhead.com, you should know that by now. I do have a list of all of the Texas state parks that offer primitive camping, and obviously Lost Maples is one of them. So overall, Lost Maples, it's one of my favorite places to visit. So far in my Texas State Park adventures, I was blown away by the trip there. You know, just getting there. I was like, ooh, yeah. Um, The views while you're there and really just how gorgeous everything was. And this was in January. So for all of y'all who have been fortunate enough to get spots in the fall, then, you know, bravo. I look forward to seeing those photos But we really had a good time there in January. It was a lot less people. It was just, it was just a great place to be. And because it was a little bit cooler, the hike was not as bad. Like I probably wouldn't be as comfortable being with my daughter in the summertime, even though I hike a lot in the summer, but bringing her, I probably would need to have a lot more protection for her as far as water and shade and stuff. But uh, yeah, the, uh, I think in the summer, the water's probably not flowing as much, but I'm sure it's there no matter what, but you know, don't be afraid to try some of these popular places. It's not like the Caribbean or whatever. It's a state park. So don't be afraid to try some of these places in the off season, just to, to, to check them out and, and see what they have to offer, especially if they're kind of close to you. I mean, this, this was definitely you know, a a pretty lengthy day trip. And because I'm uh, a goofball and wasn't prepared for the way home and we wanted to do something after this, it was kind of a long day, but definitely worth the drive, definitely worth taking some of the scenic routes and, and taking those winding roads that you would normally, maybe not normally travel on in your neck of the woods. So Yeah, if you haven't already, definitely make a visit to Lost Maples State Natural Area. And if you have been, check out my post to give a little bit more details and leave a comment or leave a comment um, on when, when this podcast is published and let me know what you think about Lost Maples.
in the era of social distancing during the global pandemic, a lot of people are staying home more. I mean, I guess that's science, but that doesn't mean that people aren't able to spend time outdoors, though. And at the time of this recording, Texas State Parks are allowing camping uh, for summer, for the summer, and then day use reservations are still ongoing. But to limit the need to head to the stores, subscription boxes are a great way to eliminate the need to head to the stores that may be closed. So this episode, I'm going to be talking about Cairn subscription boxes and why I think that they are the best outdoor subscription box that is on the market right now. So what do Cairn subscription boxes include? Sometimes it's hard to decide on which gear is best to use among the many brands that are out there now. Karen boxes try and take out the struggle of over-researching by picking what you'd like based off of some questions you answer when you register. You wouldn't want to receive a rock climbing item if that's not your interest, right? Karen subscription boxes feature all of the top outdoor brands, but what I like about them is that they also feature some up-and-coming companies as they look for best-in-class products. And these are all new products, not outlet or discontinued items. You see that in other subscription boxes where it's sell-off products. But The subscription boxes are available in four different subscription options. They have a monthly collection that you pay $29.99 per month. They have a monthly collection that you play or you pay $169 every six months. And then they have a monthly collection that you pay $329.40 for the entire year. So those are the monthly boxes. But you also have the fourth Obsidian collection. And that's going to be $249.95 per quarter. So you get one every three months. And the difference with this one is you get more products in each box, since you're not getting 12 different boxes. So you're getting about 5 to 10 products versus 2 to 6 items, and over, I'd say, about $300 of retail value in these. So you'll receive 12 of the monthly boxes because, well, duh, and 4 of the Obsidian boxes. So you get more frequent boxes with the monthly plan, but smaller assortments. All of the boxes ship for free, and you can cancel anytime. When you receive the gear, you then have the option to review it to earn thank you points that you can use for some other items that they have in their shop. One thing that Karen also does is they give back. One of the exciting new programs Karen has created is the Unstacked Auction Initiative. Prices of items continue to drop, so it's like a Dutch auction, until someone sees a price that they like. If the price drops to zero, then the item is no longer available. So it can be a bit of a gamble, but it's a great opportunity to grab some gear at a good price point. That is, if you've got the quick draw. You don't need to have any type of subscription to participate, but you do have to create a profile to make any purchases. And while Karen is a seller of outdoor products, they also live the brand values as well. The Gear Up Give Back program just ended its second year, and they were able to partner up with Gear Fix to donate $27,000 to the Conservation Alliance. 
The mission of Gear Up Give Back is mainly to keep gear that's no longer being used out of landfills. It created an easy way for people to donate their well-loved gear, and Gear Fix will take the items, fix them up if needed, and resell them. The net proceeds are then distributed to Outdoors for All. Since its launch in 2014, Cairn Boxes have given fans of the outdoors some great gear that they either have already heard of or helped expose great new brands to any of the uh, brand enthusiasts. I like them because the founders, Jared Peterson and Rob Little, really embody the love of the outdoors in their own lives. And you really see that in the way the brand operates. And in this climate of outdoor brand saturation, at least that separates them from the others. And hopefully you'll agree too. Karen was awesome enough to send me a welcome pack to share the contents of with y'all and kind of let you know what to expect. The welcome packs can be uh, received by using the code WELCOME, and I'll put that in the description. And they are going to be a little bit beefed up compared to the normal monthly boxes, but it's really going to give you a good example of what you can expect. The Cairn boxes come in just a brown cardboard box with the Cairn logo on the outside. And in the Welcome box, I received four different products. The first product is probably my favorite. It comes from a, ba- a brand called Gregory. It was the Gregory Nano Waste Pack Mini. It's a 2.5 liter capacity bag. It just has enough space for the essentials, so it was. it's really good for short hikes. I'll put it on when I'm wearing my bike or when I'm using my bike. And it doesn't have a water compartment, but it definitely has space for phone, keys, a couple snacks. And speaking of snacks, the other item I got is from Kate's Real Food. It's Kate's Real Food Bar. Kate's uses simple whole foods with great texture and ingredients you recognized. According to their label, it's made with USDA certified organic ingredients. So this bar is healthy fuel for your adventures. I have the bar. I'm ready to use it. I haven't eaten it yet because I'm kind of saving it. I don't want to just eat it for the sake of eating it. One thing I have used plenty, though, comes from a brand called Active. It's BLDG Active Repair Spray. And one of the stores I've worked at, this type of spray was in the first aid kit, and it's really, really helpful. And I definitely recommend it if you don't get it from a Cairn box, but definitely add this to your first aid arsenal. But Active Skin Repair Spray is a better solution for wound care and everyday skin damage. It helps support your body's natural healing process for anything from wounds, cuts, and rashes to sunburns and insect bites. So two days after I received my welcome box for this Karen subscription, my daughter and I were riding our bikes, and the street in front of our neighborhood has just been redone. So the distance between the street and the sidewalk, there's about an inch lip of concrete. And I was in front and part of the sidewalk was closed. So we had to go onto the road and then get back onto the sidewalk. And I knew when I hit the sidewalk uh, cement that 
it was going to be kind of a bump for my daughter because I hit it kind of hard. And as soon as I got up, I heard the, that, you know, the sound It's just like that scraping sound of the tire on the curb. And I just heard kind of a thump and I got really nervous because the a car was kind of passing at the same time. So my first thought was like, oh, dang, the car hit her. And, and then I turned around, like I stopped my bike instantly. I mean, this is all like in a matter of a second. And I stopped my bike and I turned around. And so she was kind of on the sidewalk. So she was already trying to get on on the sidewalk. And the, the car would have been a lot worse, I feel like. But she had it. She had slid the bike along the concrete and kind of just she ate it and and fell on her her thigh like she fell down on her hand she cut her hand but her leg kind of got the brunt of it so she hit her knee and scraped her thigh really badly and we made it home thankfully we were close home she she was a trooper she got up I told her, you know, the importance of grabbing her bike and not just leaving it in the street just in case a, a car was to come by and hit it. And so we made it home and we I had the spray. I was like, oh, we got the spray from Active. Let me put it on. And, uh, you know, we wiped it off uh, with paper towel and kind of cleaned it up a little bit and, and put on the spray. And it, it's a natural way to kill the bacteria it's going to reduce the inflammation and then just basically help support the natural healing process. So uh, I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I feel like all of her leg cuts did heal pretty quickly. This isn't a miracle cure. It's just going to kind of help facilitate that a little bit quicker. So just just a thought and just in general, I, I definitely recommend looking into the active res- repair spray that's out there on the market, but the one that Karen featured is from a company called Active. So I've been really pleased with it so far. And then last uh, but not least, of there are four items. There were four items in the welcome box. It's from Revel. It's Revel Gear. It's a trail camping light. It's a 30-foot camping light. It's USB powered. If you're just wanting to add a little bit of ambiance to your tent or just your campsite, this light has a couple different settings that you can do. So it's dimmable, and then there's a couple different light features. You can hang it up in your tent. I know a lot of the kind of the newer modern tents have great kind of reflective properties that illuminate with a lot less light in them just to have in the tent at night. I thought they were pretty neat. The, the fact that you have to power it into USB could be kind of interesting. For some people, I tend to have a USB uh, battery pack, I guess, in the tent with me, especially if I'm car camping, just to have to plug in devices. I, I'm not, when I'm car camping, I'm not that totally removed from devices, unless I'm somewhere that has absolutely zero service. So it's a 30-foot camping light from Revel Gear. So for the welcome box, there was four items. The Gregory Nano Waste Pack was definitely the biggest of the four. But I think to to I mean it's it's to entice people to get into the product. I think that the products that they offer are are really, really good. They're really thought out. 
It's going to be a little bit of something for everyone. I am going to have a full video review of the box just so you can see what some of the stuff looks like. And I, I, I definitely recommend them. You know, not everyone has a subscription box in their budget. I know we have a food subscription box. That's kind of one of the main ones that we do. But gear is always something that people are looking for. So if you're kind of a gearhead and you're always looking for a great new item that you may not think you need, like I never would have thought I needed a 30-foot camp light. But when you have it and you're camping, it's a great thing to kind of just have and string around the campsite, especially if you're one to use your lantern for other things inside your house and then forget to pack it in your car on your last camp trip. But thankfully you remembered to take this Revel gear trail light just to, to test out. So yeah, like I said, I, I definitely like the brand. There are a couple different ones out there, but I feel as far as the product selection goes, I think that Cairn makes the best one. And, you know, it's up to you to decide whether or not that's something you want to go to. And like I said, they did uh, graciously send me a welcome box to check out just to see if I liked it or not. And I really do. So that's why I'm happy to share that with you. And like I said, with the code welcome, if you start out, if you're a new subscriber, use the code welcome on the Cairn website and you will also get uh, one of these of the bigger welcome packs when you start your subscription to uh, get your journey with Karen going. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>